You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, that's the positive, right? Um, we, we have a split here, and we are going home, so that's the positive. Obviously, we'll... We talked a lot about, you know, this game and it didn't, we didn't do what we were, you know, what we talked about as a group. Um, you know, we have to obviously talk about it again and, and uh, not make the same mistakes that we made here tonight. Like the Dean is taking the positives. They wind up splitting in Dallas. They've, they've, they've taken home ice advantage away from the Dallas Stars, okay? And they and they get to rest the Gus bus now. The Gus bus will be fresh going back home to the XL Energy Center. I love that Dino is taking a positive glass-half-full approach, and I have no doubt that Judd will do the same here, that you'll look at the big picture and see that this series is tied after two games in Dallas. Really excited for your positive forward spinning takes here on Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd today. Before we get to that pie chart, can we do, and, and Dex and I examined this and talked about it. And I think we are in lockstep here on um, the post game Judd's hockey show wild vent line last night at which by the way, late at night, the, the callers, I guess were fantastic. Like absolutely great. They covered all the points. But, Phil, I would like to – so I feel like our before-I-die mantra about the Vikings is, like, taken off. It's spot on, okay? I would like to uh, dig down a little bit more on playoffs involving teams in the state, okay? Okay. And I would like Score North to now start sort of an offshoot of before-I-die, which is this. Can we quit passive-aggressively being happy with, well, they got one game. I mean, they're coming back 1-1. Ain't that great? Can we? Do you think real title towns try to find it? Oh, let's just find the, let's find what's happy about this. You went in. Now, last night, and Dex, I think that we agree on this too. If you went in last night and lost 4-3 in OT, and it was a hell of a game, and you played your nuts off, then I'm going to say, okay, you lost, but it's a great game. When you go in and decline the game, when you lose seven to three, when you make the goaltending change, I'm so, I, I feel like part of our problem is acceptance of that's good enough. Okay. What if, what if it was, maybe it's this simple. Cause I do, I, this is, you do get this way sometimes in the playoffs happen and, and it is a roller coaster, but, the, but yep. Dallas is a better team record wise, points wise. Dallas was favored. Dallas has home ice. It is a split going back to Minnesota. Okay, it's they're go- they're going to lose playoff games. But if I were to meet you in the middle here and say, what if it was correctly the Gus Bus starting game two? Because I agree on that, and we will get to that. We'll get to your pie chart of blame. If it was Gustafson that started game two, and they lost a four three yeah. 
sort of normal back and forth game. Would you feel differently than what happened last night? Fleury coming in and giving up seven goals and 31 shots. 100%. Yep. Okay. Jax? Yep, 100%. That was a self-sabotage. I'm excited for Judd's pie chart, but that, that was complete self-sabotage <laughs> by yep. a local Minnesota sports team. Okay. I just I want us to stop being accepting, accepting of, that was good enough. This is the playoffs. This is a grind. Championships aren't won by acceptance. They're won by taking the damn game by its neck and trying to win it as hard as you possibly can. Well, Flurry did try to get out there and make some saves, you know, poke poke a puck away. He's being just, aggressive. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of, well, the Vikings won 13 games. Yeah, then they got bounced in the first round by the Giants at home. Shouldn't have happened. I'm tired of the 2019 Vikings went into New Orleans, and what a great game. They got their ass handed to them by San Francisco. It was an embarrassment the next game, okay? It's one thing if you lose a classic. If you lose a... Old school, this game's going to be on ESPN Classic tomorrow. Man, it hurt to lose, but God, did they give it their all. Does that channel still exist? No, it's I don't know. It's gone. It's gone. I love that channel I when they launch it. ESPN Classic. I, I agree completely. And I, I, actually, it's kind of like the people that say they love Conan. Oh, I love Conan. But then you haven't watched Conan in like seven years, and that's why Conan no longer has late night shows. ESPN Classic was the same. Oh, I love ESPN Classic. You know I'll just watch it? old school games. Like No one watches old school games. Actually, they do. Do you know what killed it? We're on it right now. YouTube. Oh, because you can just find games whenever you want. Yep. Yeah. Killed it. Okay. But yeah, you're right. You. People do go search for old school games. You'll see a million views on You them. do. I do. Right? Late at night, sometimes I'll pour a cocktail and watch a 1977. How are you coming to bed? I'm feeling drink. frisky. Not now. I'm watching the, the Vikings. Are, Vikings. Yeah. Vikings are inside of the red zone. <laughs> you go to sleep. <laughs> Now on right. and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? All right, Judd's pie chart of blame off of a game two loss, which they, they fought back for a minute and then they wind up getting blown out against Dallas, is presented by our friends at EcoFun. Electric bikes are back in stock and on sale for spring. Save up to $400 on new electric bikes. Stop and take one for a demo ride in the EcoFun parking lot, see which one fits you best. Also, scooter season. It's always scooter season for the Mackies. Uh, all colors and sizes of scooters are in stock for the spring sale. Beat the man at the pump this summer with a scooter that averages 100 to 120 miles per gallon. Think about that compared to you. You can either drive a clunky SUV around, or you can drive a scooter efficiently around your neighborhood or around the Twin Cities, okay? No interest financing on all scooters for up to one year as well. EcoFun, our new friends at EcoFun here on Score North, okay? The Rock knows how you feel about pie. The knife is in your hands here, Judd. Pie turtle blame. And I'm going to use it. Uh, there's five slices of pie here, but there is a great disparity in how, obviously, they're going to be doled out. So I will start at the bottom. Um, I'm giving three 5% slices, just because they're deserved. Ow. The first slice, 5%, goes to the captain of the team. Jared Spurgeon, who last night, in a game in which um, Dallas capitalized on power plays, uh, Jared Spurgeon managed to be a minus three. Now, plus minus, which is a telling but not completely telling stat, is only based on even strength goals if you're on the ice four or shorties. So if there's a power play goal scored against you, you don't get a minus because of obviously – you go into that predicament at a disadvantage. 
but you're the captain of the team. You are in a position where, again, in my opinion, just showing up for game two and taking her home 1-1 is not your goal. It's not your mission. Your mission is to go in and, and play a game that is just as hard as game one. I don't care you're tired. First of all, you had a day off. Second of all, it's the playoffs. You're going to be tired the entire time. So if you're not prepared to be tired the entire time and make sacrifices, you are going to lose. Jared Spurgeon gets 5%. He's the captain. He had a bad game. He can't have bad games in the playoffs. I'm so tired of this. Well, they're going to have bad games. Okay, yeah, marginal players are, but your star players, your best players, there's no room for like, oh, the occasional bad playoff game. I feel like Spurgey, Spurgey has a little, you know, he Spurgeon. he came in, what, eight, nine, ten years ago with yep. sort of the, the fun story. bunch, the Wilds fun bunch. Not a I, great I feel like it's almost too late for him. He's been he's been mired in just playoff mediocrity and weird culture. He was no. part of that Suter Parisi culture as a young player. So I don't know if I trust Spurgey to be the guy that that rises up above all this. I would tr- I would trust like like Faber does not have any connections to the old playoff failure era, for instance. Yeah, he's certainly I don't think uh, certainly not a bad apple like the other. Nope. Guys no, I'm not calling him a home. bad apple. I just, you know. For sure, but he was around, you know, the bad apples, and I, I'm just assuming that, you know, food next to other rotting food does tend to rot a little bit, even True. though uh, it's different types of food. So I would like to see him play a little bit better, but yeah, I, I'm, know, fine with, I'm fine with the bite of, of like, pie. that Like grapes, it. oranges. Yeah. Like you yeah. get a bad one in the patch, and all of a sudden you're throwing three of them away. Let's also not forget, in the infamous clip from a year and a half ago, when Bill Guerin went into that room and said, what's this all about, boys? What's this all about? And Spurgey perked up and said, hard work and having fun. And Billy said, bleep you, shut up. Don't ever say that again. It's about winning. And now we thought, Declan and I thought, oh, it's just Spurgey, you know, poking the GM, right? And Judd, you had heard that it was the serious answer from Spurgey, the hard work and, hard work and having fun. Yep. Right, Best part of that playoffs. clip. Is uh, Victor Rask in the background, eyes wide, like what? What is happening? Oh, right he now? he knew he was gone. Because <laughs> he listen. You guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about, Spurgey? Hard work and having fun. That. This is about winning. Rasky knew. One way ticket to the Kraken, right there, baby. Back then. <laughs> All right, so all right, five percent to hard work and having fun. Yep, five percent to the superstar of this team, Kirill Kaprizov. Wow, who set the tone for this game on the power play with an irresponsible. You can do it in January, but you better damn not do it in the springtime. Pass that Rupe Hints then took in for a breakaway goal. Um, which was an awful fundamental play by Kaprizov. I think Kaprizov, I think the, the cross-check he got from Ryan Suter in, in front of the net in game one hurt him. Like, I, I, he seems a little bit off, but that play was all about being careless with the puck, trying to make a play that he knows that he can make in the regular season. The playoffs are not the regular season. He gets 5%. You set the tone, and the tone's crap. You get blamed. Kirill Kaprizov, I love him. Great player. Fun to watch. 
you're getting a slice of the pie. Yeah, that's right. This is a show that's not afraid to put some blame. These are big boys. They can handle it. You're making a bunch of money. You are a figurehead of a franchise. You can sometimes I think in Minnesota we just get oh we we don't want to criticize players. They might leave us. Oh my God! If you criticize, if you give five percent of a pie chart, Kaprizov's going to want to leave. He's going to demand a trade. No, he's a big boy. No, it's okay. That whole okay. first shift that Judd's talking about in that power play, it was kind of a compound of Zuccarello, Zuccarello, who turned over the puck. Then it was Kaprizov, who turned over the puck at the blue line again. And then Johansson, not picking up his man, and the Stars score one nothing, bang, bang on a shorty. Rough, okay. rough go. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Last 5% chunk. I would like this to be more, but like a teacher who has to discipline the class, there are two people who deserve what they're going to get, so it can't be more. But I am disgusted by this player right now. Matt Zuccarello. Matt Zuccarello, as Declan said, on the play that we're talking about with Kaprizov, I believe he had the first turnover on that play. He again was a, and he, I think he had an assist, and I don't give a damn, he again was a non-factor, and I like I told Dex last night on Judd's hockey show. Mac, Matt seems like he just thinks he has the right to play with Krill because they're buddies. I've always played with my best buddy. Matt Zagarello deserves a demotion, like nobody I've seen of late, and they don't do it, and they won't, and we'll get to that. But you know, and I saw his post game. His postgame quote was, we all played poorly, but we're going home 1-1. All right. In every way, shape, and form, that disgusts me. Number one, dump on yourself here, Mats. You're, you've been terrible. You've been absolutely – and this is not new. Like, he's been bad for a long, extended period here. He's not do, He's not scoring. He's not playing well. His irresponsibility with the puck is, is off the charts because he thinks that he can make these great passes. You know, the whole – the problem with him is the whole Zuccarello and Kaprizov chemistry thing has gone to his head. He's making dumb passes, dumb plays, and there is zero accountability. He gets 5%. I would love to give him 20 but I can't. Okay. Gustav Nyquist needs to take his spot in the top line. Nyquist has been their best forward in two games, in my opinion, throughout this playoff series. Yeah. Put him with Kirill. He deserves it. The Rock Makes knows a simple how play, you feel about a simple pie. pass. So, so you, you told us this is a five-slice pie here, and we we're still have 85% to yeah. go. Well, we're, wow. we're just going to go where it deserves to go. Yeah. That's what I said. I, I, I'm with whole – I mean, Matt's deserves uh, to be sent home from school, but his classmates are so egregious that I couldn't do it. I just gave him detention. Um, all right. The next chunk we can debate. It might be surprisingly low, and it's deserved – but again, I had to withhold the biggest slice for the guy that really deserves to have the pie shoved in his face. So I give 15%, only 15, Mark Andre Fleury. Wow. Who, all right, you can absolve him. You can say whatever the hell you want. And yes, the Wild played poorly. But the fact is, as Fleury correctly diagnosed, I didn't make one save tonight when my team needed me to make a save. 
And that is the most important thing in playoff hockey. If we're going to go through the goals and say, this was on this guy, and that was a breakaway, and that was, you, you That's know what? That's what people are doing kind of, right? Yeah. It's like, and well, if you kind of go goal by goal, you could place yep. blame everywhere else. And that's okay. an awesome conversation on November 29th. It's in the playoffs. It's a non-starter. If you're saying that, you are basically greasing the skids for an exit. That's what you're doing. The playoffs are not about, well, let's absolve him and let's absolve. You know, Phil, back to your point. And again, this is where I think Score North can help. Your point is valid, which is we are looking to absolve. That's how you lose playoff games. Well, I mean, come on. What did you, you know what? Kirk had a great game against the Giants. Well, he sort of threw uh, a check down on fourth and eight. Yeah, but look at the rest of the game. We are so anxious. You know, Cat's been really, really bad in what now? Eight or eight of 16 playoff games? Yeah, but the other eight games, I mean, unbelievable. We are always looking for the excuse of the why it happened. And I'm going to tell you, in the postseason, that is a loser's lament, complete loser's lament. I say that with 100% certainty. Yeah, it is, by the way, the second time he's play- he has played 168 playoff games in his illustrious Hall of Fame career. It's the second time he's given up seven goals in a game. The other one, there was a nightmare stretch for him like 10 years ago. Yes. There was a, a series against Philadelphia. He actually gave up six and seven goals in back-to-back games, back-to-back losses to the Flyers. I think they went on to lose that series. But, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's, it's been a while. But, uh, yeah, 2012, April 13, 2012, was the, the only other time he's given up seven goals in a playoff game. Yep. Mm. Yeah, for as decorated as he is, he's had certainly some playoff clunkers. I mean, he's lost his job twice in Stanley Cup runs with, with Pittsburgh. But no, is that totally weird? Yeah, well, it's very weird. It's a little – Kurt Warner didn't have the longevity of Marc-Andre Fleury, but – there's a little Kurt Warner in there where at his peak, he's one of the greatest of all time, but then he also gets benched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to th- – I mean, like, Peyton Manning had some terrible playoff games. I don't think Marc-Andre Fleury is, is on the same level as Peyton Manning in terms of legacy and respect and whatnot, but, I mean, he's, what, third all-time in wins, second all-time in foot, but it's close. And close. he's 38 now, too. Like, you know, in, in 2012, I think it was startling. In 2023, I think it's like, you might want to look at what's going on here. And, and Phil, I told Dex this. Getting the opportunity to watch Marc-Andre Fleury and cover him is a privilege. Like, it's awesome. But that being said, you also have to know, you know what? It's decision time. It's just decision time. Yeah, and, do you, and, are you more loyal to exactly. a player or are you loyal to the quest? Exactly. That's that. That's what Dean and I, we're probably going to get there here. That's what Dean and, and Billy Guerin, the decision makers here, have to figure out. So fifteen percent to the flour, five percent to Zuccarello. How you feel about pie? Five percent to Caprisa, five percent to Spurgeon, and then we've got this guy. Let's hear from him. Decision to go with flour tonight after Gus had uh, fifty-one saves last game. It's just it's what we do, right? We've done it all year. Um, it's the the game. There's no nothing was on flower tonight. It was all on us. Wow, it's it's what it's what we do. Yeah, and Russo. So that that question was essentially, you know, hey, Gustafson stopped fifty one shots. Hey, why okay. did Mark Andre Fleury start? Okay. 
And that's the response he got. And that is why this morning I got a blueberry pie here. Dean Evison, you step right up because I'm going to shove 70% of this in your face. <laughs> you don't get a slice. You get the whole thing 70% in your face <laughs> because you deserve a pie in the face. Now, to be clear, I've heard some rumblings, and I mean, I'm sure this is part of the case that Bill Guerin either signed off or had a lot to do with this decision. So Billy probably deserves some of that 70% too. Um, but let's go through, I got the checklist here. Let's go through the Dean checklist from last night, okay? So this is game two. You won game one. That's awesome. Mm. And, and I, you know, I do believe that Dallas is the more skilled team, but the reality is you played a game, game one that was fantastic, showed us everything that you have to do to win, and you are not a team that doesn't have skill. Now, you're, you're without Eck, you're without Hartman, but everybody is hurt in the playoffs. Like, we can't, you can't go down, short of Wayne Gretzky in his prime being hurt, you can't go down the rabbit hole of, well, they didn't have this guy and that guy because every team doesn't have guys, okay? And Ryan Hartman, God bless him, scored the game-winning goal in double OT, but he's not a great player. He's a hard worker, but he ain't a great player. So, like, you didn't lose your, uh, the, the heartbeat. Here's the checklist, you guys, that I came up with this morning, and it's probably incomplete on Dean. First of all, Gustafson, 24, day off. Jake Ottinger started both games. You decided to go with the 38-year-old in goal with a young man who's as calm as can be sitting on your bench who played great. And Brian Boucher on the ESPN2 telecast, which I watched last night, tried to say, well, you know, I think this was a smart move because uh, without some of their key players, it shielded Gustafson from this game where he might have got lit up himself as if he was going to give up seven goals and that this, you know, allows him now to come back in game three with his confidence fully intact. That's some mental gymnastics right there. Exactly. And if anyone thought that way, really, you're an idiot. Like that is... So you're, you are trying to explain to me that Philip Gustafson, who is as cool, calm, and collected, and has proven it throughout the, almost the entire season, is going to fold? Oh, my God, I had one bad game. That's it. Then you got to get out of the playoffs, which I don't believe. Okay? Mm-hmm. The second thing is, and this is what happened. This is now we're seeing what happened again with Craig Berube and the Blues last year. We saw it last night, which is Dallas came out in game one, got beat, and made adjustments because that's what coaches do in the playoffs. In the regular season, we can debate coaching. In the playoffs, you really can't. And Dallas made adjustments. And the Wild didn't. Again, they didn't make adjustments. They switched goaltenders, but as and a, a uh, caller on Ventline last night had great points about things that he saw Dallas did differently with their defensemen and trying to force things. And Minnesota, as far as I could tell, never even countered that. Like, in-game adjustments, and that's not on on Bill because Bill's not coaching this team, okay? In-game adjustments in the playoffs are absolutely vital. The third thing, flat out, your team was not ready. Your team was not ready. Kirill Kaprizov makes a stupid play on a power play. So this is not a penalty kill. He makes a stupid play on a power play, turns into a breakaway goal, You get within a goal, you damn near tie it in the second period. 
So you're down four to one. Now it's four two on a power play. Now it's four three. You're right back. Jake Ottinger's not playing great. And Dallas is a very skilled team, but they're not a great team. You have a chance to tie it. Instead, you give up two more quick goals. And I said going into the third period, you're down by three. I said, put Gustafson in, juggle your lines again, and try and get a spark here. Because I think if you make it 6-4, they start to tighten up. Instead, you played the third period basically like you were declining it. Oh, good, we're going home. I think I think if this is the problem for Dean, and I agree with what you're saying here, if you pull Marc-Andre Fleury, you're essentially, A, admitting that you were wrong, which is hard for egotistical coaches and general managers, and B, you're probably at that point sticking a fork in Fleury for the rest of the series, which I think we agree should happen and should have happened after game one. But I don't for what for whatever reason, Dean isn't there yet with Fleury. He's just not there yet. So I don't disagree with what you just said, but let but let me spin it this way. I think what you do is you go in between periods, because you've pulled within four three and now and now you're down six three. I think that you say, we're making a goaltending change, and you look around the room and you say, largely based on how every one of you has played. You have embarrassed one of the great goaltenders of all time. And you know what? Now we have to pull him. What are you going to do about that? Wow, what are you is, going to do? It's you, like a Herb Brooks speech what are, in a game game two of the first round. You got a chance to come back. And, and do it again. A make, bruise on the thigh is a long way it, from the heart. That's how this works. Yeah, yeah. That's But, I mean, I could spin this into, uh, we're going to have to lift Flurry, not because of him. At that point, that's fine. Internally absolve him. I don't care. But you know what? We're going to have to lift him because every one of you guys was not prepared to do what you had to do. So you go out there in 20 minutes, and you show me. You show me that that first two periods is not reflective of who you are. I think the thing that was the most triggering for me in the 15-second the quote you just played from Dean Evason a few minutes ago, when he said, it's what we do. Yeah. Mike Russo asked him, hey, 51 saves, and also, I think, loaded behind that question was, you guys just played 82 games. It was very clear and obvious who the better goalie was over the court. It wasn't just like, oh, in the last couple of weeks, he's been better. He's just been definitively better for the entire season. And for his answer to be, it's what we do. Okay, there's what you do in the regular season in all sports. You do in in the NBA. There's load management in the regular season. In Major League Baseball, you might manage a a starter's innings, right? The Twins do this in the postseason, which drives us nuts. But, yeah, we're going to pull our starter after the sixth inning because, yeah, we just, it's a long haul here this season. Right. You know, in the NFL, maybe you maybe a guy won't play on a certain you know bone bruise or something. There's all sorts of things you do in the regular season to prepare for the long haul. And alternating goalies is one of those things. You don't want to just you don't want to run a goalie out there for 77 games and now he's just tanked at the end of the season, right? So I I get the alternating of goalies throughout the season. It worked fine. You're not playing back to backs. You got 48 hours rest. The it's what we do. Okay, there's what you do in the regular season, and then there's what you do in the postseason. Are you, do you think the Clippers are going to rest Kawhi Leonard? Oh, it's game three, uh, load management game. It's what we do. Kawhi's going to sit. Kevin Durant's going to sit in game four because it's what we do. Yep. It's just what we do. Well, it's what you do in October. It's what you do in January, what you do in February. It's not what you do when, when the playoffs hit. So that, re- that really triggered me, and it kind of kind of pisses me off, even though 
I was watching the Wolves last night. Um, but the I guess the, you know, and I'll answer I'll answer this question on behalf of uh, the room here. You could push back if you're Dean and say, well, you know, Gustafson's not used to playing on 48 hours rest. You may think that's rest, but he's basically only done that once in the last two months. He played a he played back to back games with one day between a couple weeks ago. So he's not used to it. And I would say, well, what happened in that second game? You gave up two goals. You won four to two. And then if you go back, you go back to February, where he played uh, twice in a 72-hour stretch against Calgary. He had a shutout into the shootout period. He literally didn't allow a goal in an hour of regulation time. And then he had three games in a row, February 17th, 19th, 23th. He's played three games in four days. Oh, my God. He must be exhausted, right? He gave up one goal, three goals and one goal, all three victories. Like, what are we protecting him from? He's the better goalie. He's 24. Play him. Well, this isn't hard. No, and they're not protecting him. Like, that. that's, that's an easy storyline, but it's BS. There is a blind sense of loyalty here to, well, Flower has to start because that's what, what we've done. And that is nails on a chalkboard. I hate that. In a workplace, in sports, you know, that's how we do things. That's how you lose. Yeah. Well, at least there's one winner in town. The Minnesota Twins last night, another victory. for. Are they still in first place? I think they're still in first place. They definitely have the best strikeout pitching staff in all of baseball, and tickets are available. They're coming back home after their East Coast swing. Twins.com slash tickets. It's your first chance maybe to see the new uniforms if you haven't been to a game yet, to see this flame-throwing, lights-out pitching staff, and to see guys like Joey Gallo hitting bombs all over downtown Minneapolis. Twins.com slash tickets. So there's the pie chart of blame. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. 70% to Dino, 15% to the Flower, and then 5% each to Zuccarello over to Kaprizov, back to Spurgeon. Five slices of pie. Game and a half up. On Cleveland. Okay, first place twins. Uh, first place. Let's get it. You can find the full recap from last night, Judd's Hockey Show, and also Flagrant Howls to discuss the Timberwolves' loss, but Anthony Edwards breaking out. A busy, busy day here the last 24 hours on Score North, the Score North YouTube channel, the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Please click subscribe and the like button to help us spread the word about this awesome Minnesota sports community that you guys are helping us build. And we'll see you over on Purple Daily for some quarterback speculation.